Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Book More Show. It's Stuart here. This week we've got a slightly different type of episode. I wanted to share with you an interview that Dean recorded with Joe Polish and Tucker Max earlier this year. So Tucker's company, Book in a Box is a similar organisation to us in that we both help you get your book out into the world. But though our processes are very similar, as you'll hear in the show, uh, the outcomes, the objectives of the book are really quite different. So Dean summarises it great at the end, saying the difference really is do you want to be rich or do you want to be famous? And uh, that I think is a great way as you listen to this. We often get people coming into the process wanting to create a book and they have some preconceived ideas of what the process should be or what they want to include and we spend quite a lot of time discussing with people what the outcome is what the objective of the book is and do all of the extra bells and whistles that people are perhaps talking about the extra effort does it make the boat go faster so we're aiming to get books out into the world collecting leads for people as quick as possible making sure that they get a return on that investment and uh, this is a great discussion of what's the best bang for your book and there's certainly some use cases where that bigger book is worthwhile but it's definitely something that you should validate yourself check and balance in your own mind just before you disappear down a path that might not give the best returns so great uh, great show looking at the details of both there's some real gems in here for particularly around the outline stages as you hear people talking about the outline thinking about how you can best engage your audience what's the best message that's going to engage the the most people so encourage people to have a listen through I'll put a link in the show notes through to the full episode. Um, it's about twice as long as some of Tucker's backstory in there as well. So put some links in the show notes through to the Isle of Marketing episode. And then, as always, we've got some great shows coming up. There's a couple of really interesting interviews that we've got with previous authors. Another Q&A show is in the works. So if you've got any questions for that, then just shoot me a message across at podcast at 90 Minute Books, and we'll include those um, in the next episode. If you want to get uh, started after you hear this, there's some uh, great motivation, then just head across to 90minutebooks.com or drop us an email to hello at 90 Minute Books, and either myself, Betsy or Susan, will get back in touch with you straight away. Okay, so with that, I'll leave you to listen to this episode. Uh, just one quick warning, this is uh, Joe Polish and Tucker Max talking, so there is some profanity in it, so if you're uh, listening with kids, then you might want to uh, put some headphones on and... Um, yeah, just a slightly different language from the usual show. Okay, enjoy, and I'll catch you next week. So let me first ask, what are some of the most effective strategies, techniques, and marketing secrets that you know when it comes to, to succeeding in business? Let's kind of start with that and then set that as the stage for talking about how you you know help other people get their, their messages out to the world. Yeah, so uh, the first thing I would say, we kind of talked about it, but uh, it, it, I love storytelling. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a natural storyteller, and I think not enough businesses tell great stories. Um, and, and this ties back into what we were talking about earlier. Not only do they not tell great stories, but when they tell a story, they tend to tell a story about themselves to the, uh, the listener, right? So they'll, they'll be like, you know, we have the best lawnmower ever. Here's why, like horsepower, gadgets, blah, 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 right? But here's the thing. I don't think anyone gives a shit about a lawnmower. I think what someone cares about is how amazing their lawn looks or, or whatever. I'm, I'm not a lawn person, so this is probably a bad example. But the point is a lawnmower gets someone what they want. 
It's not what they want, right? So a story about a lawnmower should really be a story about how the, a homeowner can become a lawn hero with this cool uh, lawn, with this lawnmower, right? So, right? so now you've shifted the story from being about the lawnmower to being about the, the, the buyer, the person, right? So that's, that's what I try to do with, my, with our business. Is we, the, the business is very simple. We basically uh, turn, we turn book writing and publishing into a service. So we have like a very algorithmic almost process and an amazing publishing team. And you spend about 15 hours on the phone with us and we get all your ideas out of your head, structure them into your voice and into a professionally published amazing book, like something you'd find at Barnes and Noble. Uh, and it's literally 15 hours of your time. So when we talk about this, we don't talk about our process, like how we do this, even though it's really cool how we do it. And it's this really amazing, we've taken something that people thought couldn't be processized and systematized and we've done it. And we've done it in a way that not only maintains quality, it actually improves the quality of books, but no one gives a shit how the sausage is made. What they care about is what the book is going to get them. So we try to tell stories um, about like, uh, you know, there's a lot of different audiences, but let's say um, a consultant who wants to really establish their authority and credibility in, in, in their field. If they have a book that where they kind of explain what they know, um, whatever they're consulting in, especially if it's something new or novel, then all of a sudden they are the authority. They're the go-to person. And that book acts as a business card for them and, and an amazing business card for them. So we tell that story not our story. And now the consultants engage because what the consultant is seeing is themselves as their own, uh, as a hero of their own story, right? Everyone, everyone is constantly thinking of themselves and they're thinking about their story. So, so the, what we try to do and my advice to anyone else, and you guys know this, you, you both do it really well, is when you t- tell a story, but tell a story where the customer is the hero and you are the sword helping them to slay the dragon, you're not the hero slaying the dragon, you know? Yep. So, Dean, since you actually uh, put together books for people and stuff too, what uh, I'd love to have you speak to this, and because I've got a whole slew of questions that I could ask Tucker, but obviously this is oh, yeah, something absolutely. that is near and dear to you. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he's right on the right on the head. That that's the thing that people um, respond to are stories, and the thing that a business owner is going to get as an advantage of writing a book is ultimately um, it's a calling card, just like Tucker said, you know, there's a, it's a really cool thing. And even in, you know, you talk about consultants and um, I'll tell you a story. We did a a book with a guy in um, Toronto who is a safety um, workplace safety consultant. And, you know, how could you think of anything less sexy than OSHA compliance, you know? And it's profitable, this really though. Passionate. This guy's really mm-hmm. passionate about it, you know. And I had a conversation with him, and we talked. And I said, "What would be, what's the best thing that you could do for somebody if they would just get out of the way and let you do it for them, right? What's the what's the greatest result that you could create?" And he went on and talking about how, well, actually, by really focusing on safety, you can create a um, you can create a a better work environment. You create less. Um, absenteeism, you create all this, these great things, and that creates a, um, you know, great return on, on investment. And we wrote this, we came up with this title of return on safety, 
turning workplace safety into a competitive advantage and bottom line profits. And now, instead of having a conversation with you know, business owners about, hey, let's let us do your uh, your mandatory workplace compliance issues. You've now got this thing that elevates it to the point of something that, uh, at the seed level, people are interested. So this guy became an instant sort of. Um, outlier in that world and people gets invited to conferences people are saying to him when can you come and install this in our business so he's you know turned it into a a real um a, a real advantage nobody else is talking about return on safety nobody's ta- everybody's looking at it as a um you know a mandatory thing as an expense and that Telling that um, telling that story in the form of a of a book really can change people's minds. So exactly, I agree with you 100. percent There's nothing like um, nothing like a book to create that credibility for people. Yeah. So Tucker, you you have uh, you, you talk about there's four phases of writing a book. You talked about it at my Genius Network group. Can you kind of go through that? Yeah, so uh, the way we structure it, and I actually, um, uh, we wrote a book about our process, which I sent the PDF to, to Eunice, Joe. If you want to give it out to your listeners, I'm, I'm happy to, to let you, like on your site, however you want to do it, it's totally fine. Um, okay. But the way we structure it is we do sort of an outline first, and then the outline starts with positioning. And so the positioning is, uh, there's basically three questions you need to ask yourself before you start your book. The first one is, what results do you want from this book? Because no one wants a book by itself. They want Because if you just wanted a book and, and you didn't care about the results, then you can just, that's called a diary. You don't need to write a book. Just, just write it down and then put it in your drawer. So <laughs> that, you that, think, that's great. It's called a diary. That's, that's the question. Right. <laughs> Seriously, it really yeah. is. If you, don't, if you just care about the book, that's fine, but it's not a book. It's a diary. So um, what, uh, you need to think, what result are you trying to get? So for a consultant, it can be more business. It can be credibility. CEOs can be you know, credibility. It can be about attracting people to their company. I mean, there's a million sort of results you could want. Um, so now once you know your results, uh, let's say you're a CEO and you're trying to at- attract great talent to your company, right? So and you want to talk about your company's culture and all that stuff. Okay, fine. You want to attract talent. So who, the, the second question is, what audience do you need to reach in order to get that result? It's, it's basic sort of uh, marketing positioning, right? So uh, if you're the CEO looking to attract talent, then your audience are people, the, the talent you want to attract, and uh, recruiters who serve that talent, and the people who know that talent. That's your audience, right? Very specific. You wanna, the more specific you can make your audience, the better book you do. Because of the next question, the third question you have to ask yourself, which is, uh, what do I know that is valuable to that audience, right? So if you're the CEO and you've got a great company culture and you want to use it to attract great talent, I'll tell you exactly. Here's an example of who that is. Christian Cotaccini, good friend of yours, Joe, who's doing a book with us, Hero X. He's got an amazing culture at Hero X. He's writing a book with us about his company culture uh, to not just really promote Hero X, but to get great people to come join their mission, right? And so what does Christian know that, that, that's valuable to people who could join his company or recruiters? He knows how to run a company in a way that people get up every day super excited to go to work and love what they do. 
right? Yeah, and that's yeah, valuable I, to a. Please. No, no, no. That's not finish your. You go finish your thought. I wanted to say. Well, I, I was, was going to say. Well, once you pair those those three things together, right? Like using Christian as the, as the example. Now the book is about how to run a company culture like Hero X is, right? Because even though it's a relatively small niche, he's not going to sell you know a million copies, but he'll sell you know he'll, that copy will, the, that book will go out and reach all the people he wants to reach uh, because it's exactly positioned to reach the audience that will get him the benefit he wants, which is great talent coming to his company. Yeah, and, and, and one thing one thing I wanted to mention since you brought up Christian Cattaccini is like the he's so good at company culture, and we were having. Uh, lunch uh, in Vancouver last year, and I was, you know, we were talking about, you know, incentivized competitions because that's what Hero X is about. But he started telling me about his company culture, and that, and I'm sure Christian would even say this that that is where the first thing started. Where wow, I should really be teaching people about company culture, and it's a good way to get people in, in interested and in seeing what they actually do in, in in Hero X. And we ended up doing a podcast episode on I Love Mark marketing with Christian. Uh, and so I just wanted to actually plug that, but it, it, it all starts from saying, you know, I, I think I was the first person that, uh, you know, he's been talking about company culture for the longest time, but I, was, I said to him, I was like, Christian, this is like incredible. Do you realize like what, you know, many people don't. And, and it's, it's fantastic that he's going through your thinking process here because that's exactly where, how it needs to get out to the world. So Exactly. So, so then from there, basically, we structure the outline. Like we figure, understand exactly what he knows about culture and how it applies to companies. We turn it into a five to ten page outline. Then we have professional journalists uh, that we work with who are interview him and get everything he knows about culture out of his head in sort of like a the, the right structure and the right form for the outline, which usually is about five to eight hours of interviews. Uh, so sometimes a little bit more, but that's that's the average. And we get those interviews transcribed, right? And, um, you know, like reading a, a transcript, just a straight transcript is kind of hard. So what we do is we take that transcript and then we essentially have the, uh, the, the journalist uh, translate it from transcript writing into book prose. So it's all of Christian's ideas, all of his words in his voice and structured exactly the way he needs to be, uh, his book needs to be positioned. Um, then we, well, the way we edit it is really cool too. So instead of just sending him the manuscript, uh, cause you know, he's not, a, he doesn't want to sit there and edit a book, right? So he doesn't actually have to touch, uh, a, a, a computer. We send him the manuscripts and then the, the interviewer, the journalist gets back on the phone with him and he reads the book out loud to the journalist. Uh, it's this weird trick that most professional authors know about that other people don't. I learned it when I did my first audio book. When I read the audiobook for Beer and Hell, the manuscript was already locked, and I almost wanted to, like, open a vein. I was so angry because I found, like, 50 little mistakes that if I had just read this book out loud, I would have, I would have seen, right? You hear them much uh, easier than you can see them. And I, I thought I had, I had edited this book, like, 20 times, so I thought there's no way there was a mistake. And there were so many, I was pulling my hair out. So anyway, so that's how we edit now, is he actually speaks the book out. And then that way we make sure it's uh, perfectly in his voice, everything he wants to say exactly the right way. Um, then from there, we do the rest of, of sort of the professional publishing process, which is, um, you know, like we do an amazing layout for the interior. 
interior design. We do a great book cover, you know, with like high level book cover designers. We do, you know, all the sort of things that self-publishing is great, but the problem is a lot of self-published books look amateurish and they don't look really well done. So we make sure to, to us, I think the most important distinction is professional people. They, they care about professional books versus amateur books. They don't care who published it. So we make sure the book is super professional. Um, and we actually use a lot of the cover designers that, that the big uh, six publishers use because most of them work freelance and they're not expensive. You'd be shocked actually, like $1,000 to $1,500 a piece. And so uh, we do all of that. You know, we set up Amazon page, iTunes, all the sort of stuff you need um, uh, for a book. And then, um, yeah, then we do a little bit of marketing, you know, press release. We do like an Amazon bestseller package and things like that. So almost every author we work for work with uh, gets to number one on some, some cat, subcategory of Amazon. And then, um, then from there, it's, it's sort of up to them. Gotcha. So Dean, I mean, there's more, I, there's a lot of stuff I could ask Tucker, but I wanted to see what you, anything you want to add or say or ask. I'm or... tracking. I'm tracking. I mean, I, I believe it all. It's really interesting. I mean, the whole, uh, that's essentially our, our process for the 90 minute book, um, except without the, um, you know, not 15 hours of interviews and, or those kind of things, just getting the initial, uh, I imagine if you could think about, what the difference is between um, it's from concentrate, getting the high points, getting the most important, like as if you only have um, an hour to um, do a presentation to an audience of your your very best um, your very best prospects, you know, your audience, who who you're trying to attract, and it's really you know all of these things, everything that that. Um, Tucker has said it's all it's all brilliant. It's all it's exactly the the process that that people need to go through. The the thing that's really interesting about the Amazon um, bestsellers, which we've had a lot of people um, go through that process too, and then be Amazon bestsellers. But the the truth is that being an Amazon bestseller has nothing to do with the book and everything no. to do with how you do it. I've had. I mean, we have yeah. people who have come to us, have gone through another, um, a similar process to what Tucker and I do, but um, have gotten the Amazon bestseller status for pre-sale and then have come to us and said, okay, I got this Amazon bestseller. Now I need to write the book because they do it before <laughs> they've even written the book, which shows you yeah. the absolute yeah. truth that it has nothing to do with the book. To do with the book. So, yeah, you're right. It's 100% correct. It, it's kind of a disillusionment at the same time for people that they realize that, that the truth about what's happening on the Amazon list, that it's not at all about the merit of the book. It's about no, it's not. hacking. It's about hacking the process to be... Yep an Amazon bestseller. And that let's just get that out there. And on a larger oh, scale, that's exactly the same thing that's happening with the New York Times list. Oh, it's, dude. I, it's listen, the I same process. That's like, exactly They're the so. snobbiest, most elite. Listen, my book spent five years on the New York Times bestseller list. I, 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 like, they're the worst. I think they're the least legitimate um, actual bestseller list. At least Amazon's is tied to something. Even if you can gain it's tied it, to sales. It's tied to right, sales. So that is exactly. legitimate. Yeah. Right. The New York Times list is a curated list. So the 
the fucking snobs on the Upper East Side who think they're better than everybody decide what the right yes. book in quotes will be for the list. That's total bullshit. I've always thought yeah. the New York Times list was bullshit. But, but, you know, it's like one of those status things that people think are important even though they're actually not, you know? <laughs> you know, what's, what's funny is I've, I've helped uh, quite a few uh, famous people um, with their book campaigns and book promotions and uh, several uh, that, uh, because of my help, as a direct result of my help, ended up uh, on the New York Times, uh, you know, being either in the number one category or staying on for, you know, many weeks, months, et cetera. And I remember talking to... Um, one of the companies that, uh, you know, handles uh, the logistics of, of buying books in bulk. And one of the authors I was helping, who was a uh, high profile, basically saying, well, I don't, you know, I don't, uh, how, how the books are purchased, I don't want to be viewed as like I'm trying to, um, you know, game the system uh, that this person was saying and, and, the, and the person in this company that, you know, orchestrates that. And my feedback first, I said, look, I go, if you are super wealthy and you just want to like buy a bunch of your own books and stick them in boxes uh, in a garage and no one's ever going to read them, but you just bought your way onto the top of the list, that's one thing. I mean, I would consider that like, you know, what the hell are you doing? I mean, it's just, you know, pure gaming the system. I go, however, if these books that are being purchased are actually going to human beings and going to readers that are either buying them or someone's buying large quantities and sending them to their client base and they're actually getting used, that, that's a whole, I mean, you can take that and, you know, moralize it all you want, but I go, that's, that's a, a completely different thing. But the, the comment that struck me as being most funny is, is, is the guy that was, you know, there's several companies that do this, but I'm not going to name names here, but he said this is the funniest line. He said, you know, the only thing unethical about this would be going into a gunfight without a gun. And he's like, you know, he's like, that's just what it is. And if you're not willing to play this game, don't make it a focus that you want to be on the New York Times because he's like, it's all rigged, you know, and just very interesting. But, well, okay, so so that being said, uh, for people that are out there listening to this, like, talk about the time savings of, because you both have companies that you have services that help people, you know, put a book together, take their ideas, get them out of their head and organize it into a, a book format and audio books. And, you know, and as far as I'm concerned, it's just a way to tell your story. Uh, there are very slow ways to do it. You know, it's kind of like the thing that I always think about. There's three ways you can learn something. You can learn through the school of hard knocks, which is painful and, 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 and expensive in the long term. And, you know, maybe if someone has zero money, they can't, you know, they can't do anything. But the School of Hard Knocks is one way to learn. The second way to learn is, uh, you know, go to people's seminars, read their books, listen to their stuff, uh, hire them as consultants. And then and the third most effective way to learn is you actually teach other people. Um, in your particular case, someone can go and do this on their own, or they can hire, you know, someone to do it. So, Tucker, you went through, like, the time savings of why, you know, someone you would think about utilizing a service like yours and, and what the actual, you know, time savings are. So in a lot of ways, people are not only getting something done that they're never going to get done any other way, but they're buying speed. And so I'm always willing to cut a check if someone's going to help me get to a result quicker. So your first thing of the f process is what sort of result do you want? But in your particular case, talk about what results do you 
do for people and, and how should people think about this? Because I know hundreds of people that have, over the years, I'm going to write a book, I've write a book, and here we are today, they've never written that book. And they they never get around to doing it. They they talk about it a lot, but you actually, both of you in your own ways can, can make this happen, but people do need to cut a check. So the question is, is this really an expense or is it an investment? So I'd like to, you know, have you talk about what you, what this process does for people. Right, exactly. So, um, I think there's a there's a few things. Well, first off, we charge uh, my uh, my company charges 18 grand for the base package, which is what most people need, uh, and then uh, 30 for the sort of the higher one. And uh, I think the reason you want to do this is it, it, not just because you want a book. Uh, it, 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 there's more than that. It's what do you want the book to accomplish for you, right? And so to understand sort of what you want that book to accomplish for you. It's like, you need to understand how the book process works. You need to understand uh, what ideas of yours should be. Are, are your ideas a book? Uh, how can they be positioned in the market? What's the best way to do it? Right. And um, that's really hard to do. Uh, it, some books, I shouldn't say for all books. Like I, I think the, like a lot of the stuff Dean does, it, it's like uh, the, the book he described, I think was a perfect example of someone who's clear idea um, not very long book. Uh, like you can go get through this quickly and get basically all the sort of value you're going to get from a book. But a lot of people, um, a lot of people with us, uh, they want an, a professional publishing team behind them. Right. And so we have, you know, like just on staff, we have guys who spent 20 years at Harper Collins as executive editors or guys who spent like, you know, decades uh, editing magazines and who've written ghostwritten or written their own bestsellers. And like, uh, we have 12 full-time people and all of them are like that. So we bring, I think an entire, um, we bring a lot of expertise. So uh, uh, most of our clients are people who are pretty, pretty high up, pretty top notch. And they're people who uh, they want this book their book to reflect their status in the world and to show the world how much they know and, and to, to, to sort of put it into a book that, that really makes them feel proud. And that's um, um, for, for people like, like Christian Cotacini is a great example. Like someone like Christian is needs a lot. He needs a team of people behind him who know exactly how to take his ideas and position them in the, in a book and into the market to reflect, you know, what he's done and who he is. It's sort of like, um, you can think of it like cars, right? Like a Hyundai is a great car. Uh, it's cheap. It's efficient. It, it, it's safe. It gets you where you need to go, but it, it, you, it's not, it doesn't, you're not buying anything except um, sort of utility with a Hyundai, right? Then you can look at like, um, you know, like a, let's say a, a Bugatti or a BMW or uh, something like that, like a BMW, let's say a high-end seven series BMW. It's like 10 times more expensive than a, than a, a Hyundai or, or, you know, what, eight times, right? And, and it's going to do everything a Hyundai does and then 10 times more, but all the 10 times more stuff is going to be stuff you don't need, but stuff that if you have, you can really enjoy and that can help you sort of um, get to other places or do other things that a Hyundai won't do. You know, it confers status, it confers, uh, you know, credibility, all those sorts of things that, that having a high status car can do, right? Uh, whether it's right or wrong, they do it. 
And so I think it, it's sort of, that's sort of why someone would want to come with us uh, and our service is like, if you have a, a sort of a, a full big idea and you need, you want to make sure you get the best people possible working on your book and putting it in the best possible light, because that last 10, 20% makes the difference to you, you want to use us. If you have like a great idea, but you don't want to spend a lot of money on it, you just want to get it out and, and get it out in a way that's effective and, and works, then, then probably Dean's services have actually a better call than us. Uh, how long does your service take? Dean, ours is five months from start to finish. You guys got to be shorter than that, right? Yeah, 21 days. Yeah, there you go. Right, exactly. So, I mean, like, I, I think that, I that was it a like brilliant, uh, yeah, that was a brilliant, loving reframe <laughs> in comparison. The, um, so, wait, know, would I, I be able to say, Dean, like, if they want to use your process, it'd be like a one-night stand, but if they want to go with Tucker's, it's like a long-term relationship with that? No, with like that. a Hyundai <laughs> versus a Bugatti. I love that. It's, it's brilliant, right? That, you know, a lot of the thing is the, um, um, you know, it's time matters for this, too, right? Like, I guess that part of the thing is whether... Um, what your objective is, just like you said, if we go back to the very beginning, here's what result do you want? If you're a small business owner and you want a result of getting more clients, that's your result. And your audience is clearly defined. You know who you're trying to, uh, to reach and you know what you have that's valuable to them that's going to reframe you know, or, or help them in some way. That that's really, um, that that's all part of the, Barrier, you know, the entry level um, to even writing any book, whether you do a 90-minute book or whether you do a, um, you know, a, a higher status, um, you know, <laughs> bigger um, process. But when you look at it, I think part of it is the, the time and the return on that investment. If you look at the um, starting process. If I, if I were taking a local consultant or you take any kind of um, you know, business owner whose goal is to get more clients, if they're a consultant, a coach, a practitioner, a, a product or service provider, whatever it is, if you take the time value, if you take the whole, um, the whole process and look at the return on investment and the time that it takes to get there, is you could start down one path you take the uh, the path of of doing a 90 minute book here's the thing that is the truth first of all the thing that's going to compel people to call or to raise their hand or to identify themselves if that's what you're looking to do generate new leads start new relationships with people the thing that's going to do it is the fact that you have a book and that you have a title that conveys a compelling message to them that they're going to want to raise their hand for it. The proof right there is that you can, you know, become a Amazon uh, bestseller or whatever. It doesn't. It, it's all based on the um, on the title and the cover of the of the book. Now, when if you start right now, if we take two people, you start the process right now, and within thirty days, you can have the completed book have a landing page, uh, you know, uh, URL, the whole, um, everything you need to start generating leads and you've spent $1,800 
and take the remaining $15,000 or $16,000 and start driving traffic to generate those leads with a Facebook campaign or a postcard campaign or whatever. There's no difference in what's going to happen with one book versus another. If you take a, you know, you got the cover of the book, what's inside isn't going to be known until people respond. So it's not going to make the boat go faster to have a book that took you 15 hours and more editing time in five months to generate the lead. That's not going to make that go um, any faster. So you've got a time advantage in that you can, you know, generate, start generating conversations right now. Because the reality is even with any book, even with a 90 minute book, people often don't even read the book. You know, everybody buys books that we never read or we start the process, you know, of doing a book like that. And the, the, you know, the proof of that is that I would guess just anecdotally and the people that I've talked to who've done 90 minute books with us, that I would bet that at least 60% of the people who have actually paid and done a 90 minute book with us have never read the 90 minute book. They got yeah. it. They hold it in their hand. They see it and they say, that's, I, I could do that's This is what you get in 90 minutes. I, yeah, I would love to do that. And then they sign, sign me up and they do it and they go through the process and they've never even read the book. And that's the proof that, um, you know, it does, is not what it is. You know, it's not about uh, that process. So, yeah, you know, we, I think we, no, we have a very different audience, I think. <laughs> We have the services. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me let me actually take another angle on all this too, and it's not yeah. about justifying or rationalizing anything. It's just about human nature. Like one of the things right. that that drives me bananas with some people is all of the shit that people focus on. In you know, it's kind of like I don't know if you remember this, Dean. I did it years ago. I haven't done it recently, but I in Genius Network. I think I did this probably five years ago, and I had this anatomy, um, you know, like this figure of an a like 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 a a human body uh, where it had the heart and the lungs and the nervous system and um, the kidneys and the brain and the eyes. Uh, you know, and it was the, and I, I called this tool anatomy of a successful business. And it had, uh, it had things pointing to it with this blank things pointing to like the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, the digestive system, the genitalia, which of course is your favorite part. But, uh, you know, it, it, it had all of the, that was a joke, by the way. I, I have no reason uh, to say that that, that was Tucker's really, really, guys bust on yeah. each other. He, there was really, I did, that was <laughs> just being mean to, to Dean. But anyway, because um, I secretly don't like him that much. But anyway, um, it had this anatomy of a successful business. And I had everyone say, what do you think? you know, these things represent in a business. And some people be like, management is the heart or, 
you know, marketing is the brain or, you know, sales is the nervous system, you know, and people would, and every person would have different things of what they actually, so, you know, everyone's criteria is going to be different based on things, but what's always driven me nuts and, and why I'm such a champion for marketing, which is why we have a podcast called I Love Marketing, is I truly believe marketing is like the oxygen that makes a business work, and if you're gasping for air, it's kind of like hating oxygen, but you need it to survive, and so people that do not focus and put emphasis on it. Like in the in the scheme of things, paying you eighteen hundred dollars to get a damn book started or to do a book, who gives a shit? Paying Tucker eighteen thousand or thirty thousand, you know, who gives a shit? You know, now who gives a shit is if you don't have eighteen hundred dollars or if you don't have eighteen thousand or you don't have thirty thousand. Right. But I will tell you, the only way you're ever going to make that money is if you actually get out there and start selling something. And a perfect example is there's a book. I'm not even going to name the book because I'll, I'm going to end up interviewing the author uh, later. But there was. I was over at my buddy John Butcher's house about, I don't know, three weeks ago from the time we're doing this interview. And, and John, you know, runs the largest collectible company in, in the world. Uh, you know, he's a chairman of Precious Moments. They've done $12 billion in worldwide sales. And he's a dear friend of mine. I've known him for about a decade. And he's also a creator of mylifebook.com, you know, which is an amazing personal development system. So I see this book sitting on his desk. And I'm one of these people, like Tucker was saying, I, I buy books at probably 10 times the rate that I could ever, ever read them. And then plus, because we do a podcast and I do a couple podcasts and I'm this marketing guy, uh, I probably get sent, you know, 10 books minimum a week from people that think they're doing me a favor by sending me their book. And some of them are actually good books, but for the most part, I can't read them all. So I, I am in no way, shape, or form limited on needing reading material. And I see this book sitting there because I have another book up in my backpack that I'm like, you know, uh, halfway through, but you know, I'm ADD, so I got to start reading another book. So I, I pick this book up and I start reading it and it like gr- catches me right from the very beginning. It's just very interesting. It's about things that you can do to save money in your business and slash expenses and, and, and basically double, double your profitabilities and subject matter. And, and I say to John, I'm like, can I order you one of these from Amazon and I'll just take this one with me? He's like, no, he goes, I, books like that, they make my head hurt. You can just take it. So I take the book and start reading it. Well, uh, day before yesterday, um, I literally reach out to this author. This book was written when he was 37. He wrote the book when he was 37 years old. I think he first wrote, I think it was published in 94, 95, but he told me on the phone that he, he wrote it in, in 93. But before I ever had a phone conversation, so, so get this, I, I'm reading this guy's book. By the time, like, it's a short book. The audio version of this book is only two hours and 15 minutes long. So it's, it's not a long book. And I'm about, 80% through the book. And he, you know, I'm just reading it saying, you know, I want to interview this guy. This is a freaking killer book. He wrote it, you know, over 20 years ago. So I send an email to the guy saying, Hey, would you like to do an interview? And he basically, you know, I should probably just find the emails and read it to you. But uh, if I can't find it quickly while I'm talking, I'll just say it from memory. But he, he responds back and says, um, he goes, you know, uh, I, uh, I, if you want to, pay me for the interview. I'm happy to do that. Um, but it's probably not, uh, I told him I liked the book. He's like, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. As far as the interview, if you, you know, if you want to pay me for the interview, 
you know, great, but uh, it's probably not part of your business model. And I liked his attitude because it was the same sort of attitude he had in his book. And he, and of course, doesn't know anything about me. And I'm in the same position. So many people ask me to do interviews with them that I have to turn them down. My criteria is if you're not a Genius Network member, you know, I, I, you're going to either you need to have a big following or there needs to, because most people want to do interviews with me to use me as a way to help leverage their whatever their podcast or their interview. And if I don't have a relationship with them, you know, you just, I get so many requests. I just can't keep up, keep up with it all. But I, I responded by going, you know, um, I understand I'm actually interested in hiring you. And so we have a couple of emails back and forth and he's like 25 grand a month for consulting. And he usually does it with big companies. And I just basically write it, you know, an email to him saying, I'm happy to, you know, hire you for a month and see where this goes. And so because of this guy's book, and in, in, in the email chain literally was within about a four-hour period. And then I said, hey, you know, I, I would like to hire you, but I can't do it in the month of February, I'm, you know, I'm, which is where we're coming up to right now. I'm going to TED in Vancouver. I've got a genius network. I'm just busier than shit. In the, but I go, in, in March, I'd like to do some, you know, consulting with you over the phone. So I, I basically cut this guy a check. I have, you know, I said, but I will pay you in advance. And I go, well, to start in March. And I send this guy a check for $25,000 because I read his book. Now, everything I just said is, you know, not that big of a deal, but it's a huge deal to me because it may, it, 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 I was like going, you know, this guy wrote this book in 1994. Uh, you know, he, he wrote it when he was 37. He's now 60 years old. And I just sent a check to someone who I've never met. I had literally a five minute conversation with him and a few short emails that, and I sent him a check for $25,000. And if I really like the guy, I might continue to pay him 25,000 a month because that's his thing. What most likely will happen is I'll just become friends with him and I can help him. Unbeknownst to him, I can help him as much, if not more than he can help me financially. But I, you know, I'm a guy that is ha- I'm happy to pay for expertise, and had it not been for that book, I would have no awareness of it. Now, to bring this back to you and Tucker, there are so many people out there that have shit to sell. They have ideas. They have causes they want to fund. They want to change global conversations like I want to do with addiction. And all of these things are sitting in their head, and they will sit and they will spend months or years of their life trying to figure out if I should ever write a book, how do I put it out there, and their services now – because of technology, because of this, the, the, the just shit just gets done for you. And if people have, you know, if you don't have the ability to pay for services like this, then, you know, what's ever going to change? I mean, you know, figure out how to get enough money, put stuff together and get these stories out there because, you know, I, like I define marketing, marketing is, is storytelling. And if you have something, you know, that needs to be packaged and told. Uh, and so it, it dawned on me, I had this conversation with Tucker. I was like going, you know, like I need to write a book about what I do the best, which is I've written books. I've talked about it. I obviously have 245 people that pay me $25,000 a year to be in genius network. It's not like I'm not making money. But I have skills and I have resources and I've, you know, episode 29, the one that we did years ago, Dean, on, um, on uh, the magic rapport formula is still one of people's favorite episodes because I literally go through how I meet people. And so I talked to, to, to Tucker and I said, we're going to put together not just a short book. I mean, like, I'm not just trying to get it out there with a book cover. I mean, I'm really going to put together, in my words, I'm not going to have a ghost written. I, I, I talked to Tucker how we're going to actually do this thing, but I'm going to, you know, he has resources that I could 
that I can utilize. And you helped me with the first version of the magic rapport formula. So the way that I look at it is if you just need to like get your thoughts down, you know, get Dean's process and do it. You know, if you want to do it at a higher level, keep going deeper. And if you want to go at it at a much higher level, there's people beyond Tucker that can help you do stuff. The point is don't do this shit on your own. It's stupid. I mean, it's just fucking stupid. I mean, stroke yeah. a check, get something, and, 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 and put your thinking together. It's the same reason I tell people, like, oh, I got something that I want to sell to people, but I don't know what to say. I'm like, well, hire the draw shop at you know $1,500 a minute to do an animated video for you. And if you have to do a three-minute video, it'll cost you $4,500. But because of that three-minute video, you will think about your business in ways that's going to be worth way more than the $4,500 on a three-minute video or if you spend 10000 on a video. If you do a 90-minute book for $1,800, it could be the best $1,800 you ever spend just to think about it. If you go to Tucker and spend $30,000, you know what's going to happen to your brain? Do you know what's going to happen to your business? Do you know what's going to happen about how you talk about what you do? What it does is it increases your the value of what you're, you're offering to the world, not only to the world so it's packaged and you have a deliverable, but it's what it does for your own thinking. And people, like, I'm amazed that they will not, they don't get that. It's, this is not about a book. I mean, the book is the thing that will come out of it, but it's, the, it's, it's, it's what it does for your thinking. It's what it does for your positioning. It, what, it's what it does for your brain. And the, the people that are unwilling to, to understand that or make that sort of investment are the ones that will go through their whole life, and they'll never, you know, they'll, they'll never get the shit done because they're, I mean, they're, they're, they live in a scarcity mindset. And, you know, someone that comes from an abundance mindset will they'll put, you know, they'll put money into things all day long because it goes back to if you've got enough money to solve the problem, you don't have a problem. If one of your problems is I want to write a book, but I don't have enough time, well, if you have the money, you don't need a lot of time. I mean, you know, it, you just don't. So that was a very long rant. I hope it was maybe useful in some way, shape, or form, and I probably could have said it in a third of the time, but that's I, I felt I needed to say that just for therapeutic reasons. D- Dean, I don't think you right. and I can getting, top that. You, know, you look at your thing. version one. That's the thing. That's uh, you said the right thing there. You know, like you look at all these books that um, mm-hmm. Dan Sullivan does, for instance. All like the twenty-five year framework, the four C's, the um, all the books that he's you know working on that he's doing one a quarter. Um, start out with the ninety-minute book process. That's you know starts there and then his team takes over and does the um you know next levels of it to turn it into to what it uh, what it becomes but just that's exactly it joe get movement over meditation that's really what it's about yeah yeah and sorry tucker you're going to say something before dean just really no i, I was going to i was going to say I, I think you just nailed a, a pitch uh, for why to do a book better than i could uh right. <laughs> Yeah, it was much longer than I would have done too, but it was also better. <laughs> no, no, I, you know, part of it, I was just trying to get my thoughts in my head, but at the same time, you know, it's like I, uh, fortunately, if I w- if I would have scripted that, it would have been much more articulate. The point is, is like the thing that made the difference for me when I was a dead broke carpet cleaner living off credit cards. I paid a copywriter eighteen hundred dollars in nineteen ninety two to create my very first consumer's guide, and I knew that I needed something to position me other than people calling up and saying, how much do you charge? 
charge. And I didn't want to advertise price, and I did, but what I did know is I learned about, you know, sales letters. And I, I read Gary Halbert, uh, you know, in his newsletter wrote, any problem in the world can be solved with the right sales letter. And there was no internet back then, and it was all paper and ink, and we're doing direct mail and Valpac coupons and every other carpet cleaning company's advertising price. And I create a consumer guide to carpet cleaning. Read this guide and discover seven questions. Ask a carpet cleaner before you invite him into your home. You know, eight mistakes to avoid when choosing a carpet cleaner. Six costly misconceptions about carpet cleaner. Carpet cleaning, you know, crawling critters and crud, a guide to the slime, grime, and livestock that's seeping, creeping, and galloping through your carpet. How to avoid four carpet cleaning ripoffs, the difference between value and price. How to get your carpet cleaner to 100% guarantee their work. And it said that on the cover. And then they would open it up. It says, Dear homeowner, choosing a carpet cleaner isn't easy. Why? Because you're bombarded with confusing claims, simply bad information, low price methods, near unqualified technicians. How do you ever find a professional qualified carpet cleaner? You start by reading this guide. With this information, you can make Make an informed, intelligent decision, and then they would read all that would describe all of the stuff. And it was a short guide, but I paid eighteen hundred dollars to have this. Frankly, this half—you know—if you take an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper, fold it in half, and that would end up turning into about ten pages. That was the guide, and I paid eighteen hundred dollars to have that written back in nineteen ninety-two, and I paid on credit card to have that done. But what that did for me was I no longer became just some guy that had carpet cleaning services. I now I now had something to tell my story. I now had something to be able to educate people. And that consumer guide ended up becoming the first thing that not only helped me turn my carpet cleaning company around, obviously I had to learn other marketing strategies. I had to learn how to advertise the consumer guide. I turned it into a 24-hour free recorded message. And now, and, and that was in 1992. In 1994, I started my marketing company. I sold my carpet cleaning business. It, but when I was 26 years old in 1995, I did a quarter million in sales of selling a how-to course teaching carpet cleaners. By the next year, I did half a million in sales. By the third year, I literally, you know, did um, a million in sales, and I was a millionaire by the time I was 30. Because I, but it all started with that consumer guide. And by the late 90s, every major phone book in the United States had one or multiple versions of my free recorded message ads running in all kinds of different industries all over the United States. And today, over. $2 billion have been generated that we can even loosely track based on my ads and campaigns. But if that shit just, if I wasn't willing to stroke that check for $1,800 when I was broke, none of this ever would have happened. I never would have built any of my business. And that's the thing that drives me bananas about people when it's not about, you know, people are so cheap, they don't realize they're screwing themselves because they're not willing to do some of these things. And that's not to say that if anyone goes and hires you or hire Dean that all of a sudden it's going to make them rich. I mean, that's not my point. The point is, is that you really, you know, if you have the message is the most critical thing in the world. Do you, do you think there'd be any such thing as Christianity if, if there was no Bible? You know, the Bible is one of the most successful sales letters ever written. And the point is, you know, what? like there's 20... 200 different versions of Christianity that have made billions of dollars based on the fact that there was a Bible written. Um, and, and so, you know, so it's like, you know, to Tucker's point, it's all stories. Totally. Yep. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, but by the way, if I keep talking, guys, this is going to be like a four-hour podcast. So, uh, <laughs> what did we learn here today? What did we learn? Yeah. <laughs> we, I think we learned, we learned that Joe has a future in marketing, clearly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, here, here's the thing too. Like, you know, uh, all had I not. 
paid someone to help me put the words in my head because I spent 30 days with this copywriter teaching him about carpet cleaning, one of the most boring subjects on the planet for someone who's not a carpet cleaner, you know, because it's a, you know, I had to figure out how to successfully sell something nobody wants to buy. And I always tell people, like, if you've got anything more exciting and sexy than carpet cleaning, you Mm -hmm. can probably learn a thing or two from my marketing techniques because I had to figure out how to learn how to sell an accidental industry. Just like, you know, Tucker, you're saying, you know, some of this shit was accidental. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't growing up saying I want to have a carpet cleaning company. I, I, I bumbled into it. And I think a lot of people just stumble into their careers and there they are trying to figure out how to make a living. And so if you want to go beyond making a living and you want, I mean, you, these are the things that you do. I mean, these are, these, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the only thing. I mean, frankly, to be a successful human being, uh, I wish, I wish it was as easy as many of the books, write That there's only three things you need in order to be, there's a lot of things. I mean, you have to develop yourself as a person. You got to have integrity. Uh, and not always, some people have no integrity, but they have a lot of, a lot of wealth in terms of financial wealth, but I don't think they have a lot of relationship wealth. Uh, you could have a lot of money and be in piss poor physical condition. So being a success has a has to do with a lot of many factors but as it relates to marketing you know if you want to you know if you want to replicate yourself can and clone yourself you're either going to tell your story day in day out one-on-one hire a whole sales force of people or you're going to put a book together and the book could talk to tens of thousands i mean look let's go back to your thing like how many books have you sold tucker sorry i don't mute um like how, uh, out of all your books, how many? Do you have any idea what the, the like how many have sold? I know it's over three million, but is it more yeah, than that? Three million. Yeah. No, so, three, yeah. Yeah. Three. I mean, that's a lot of books. Uh, now, has every single three million books been read cover to cover? Probably not. No. But, probably not. But, no. But there are a shit ton of people that have read your stuff. You've become world famous. A movie's been made out of you. You've made millions of dollars. And now you've parlayed this. Into, why? Because you started with writing. You, you, you got the writing down. And had you met someone like you when you were first starting out, your career would be decades ahead. If Dean had met someone like him years, you know, and, and now with I Love Marketing, I mean, you know, we put this shit out for free. And no, no one even, even has to pay us for this. So in a lot of ways, we're just pointing people into different directions. So that being said, let's let's plug your service. Tell people where they need to go. I'll take the PDF that you have given us and we'll put it on uh, I Love Marketing. And we'll also, uh, Dean, if people, you know, let, let's just do plugs for people to get started with if they want to get a book done and, and uh, and, and make this happen. Yeah, just go to bookinabox.com and there's like a form there they can fill out. We'll, one of our people will get back to the, the person in like 24 hours or less and we have a whole conversation and see if it's right. Our service isn't right for everybody. I would say maybe only about half the people who contact us really should use us. Uh, like Dean's right. There are some people where it's much better to go with him than with us. Uh, and there's some people probably who shouldn't be writing books at all. They just don't know have anything to say. <laughs> well, yeah, that's I, and, and, true. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, no, it is. It is true. And, and I would tell you that's and, you, and that'll be filtered out through the whole process because I, I I I do know enough about your whole process now because I'm going through it myself, Tucker, to do that. And uh, and and. Dean, I think a lot of the people that have gone through your book process, a lot of them have developed them into much bigger books, and I think utilizing a service like Tucker's to take it yeah, up. Absolutely. Even, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. That's the whole thing, because we... Um, 
you know, that we offer a very specific thing as a version one, um, you know, 80% approach, get it out there and get, um, you know, focused on, on generating leads and, and getting business. That's the, that's the focus of who we're um, working with. Some people do want to go um, further and you're absolutely right. And that's, I've, we've talked off offline that that's something that um, we may have people who would be perfect for um, what Tucker's do. Yep. Yep. And so Tucker, what didn't, uh, didn't I or Dean ask you that we should have asked you and what would the answer to that be? Um, man, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, you guys covered just about everything. As much as you talk, Joe, if you didn't cover everything, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're we're going to send this podcast over to Tucker's team, and we're going to have this turned into like a 12-minute book that just contains the essentials of what the hell you need to say. So you'd have to, but you had to suffer through listening to, uh, to listen to me babble for for part of this. But uh, ho- hopefully, you found it useful. And to all of our listeners, please give us your feedback. If you end up uh, doing a book, let us know about it, because I'd love to see how many people this actually inspires to, uh, you know, kind of go through the process. We'll we'll put up uh, Tucker's PDF. I think we should actually make people opt in for it too, Dean. I mean, why just give away this gold for free, you know? Yeah, sure. And so you can yeah, you that, deal if great. only there was a way, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, and Tucker, I don't even know if you know this, but you know that Dean uh, was the first one to ever create a, a squeeze page online. No, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know I was talking to marketing royalty. That's amazing. For real? The go. first one? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he invented the squeeze page. Back in 1997, he did it with uh, Stop Your Divorce. It was an e-book, and he was the first one that ever put a uh, you know a page up where you have to enter your email in order to go to the next page and get through. So he created that whole secret door and now millions of people uh utilize that formula and then of course he taught it to his his buddy evan pagan who ended up creating you know uh, double your date right. out of it and, yeah. and, and, but dean taught it taught evan that whole process in the very beginning and that's how that's how it all started so for all the listeners out there you know when i sit and listen to your story tucker i mean there's so many people that are really utilizing uh marketing methods and technologies and stuff that now you know, back then it was like no one ever did it. And today some people like, it's annoying. I don't want to opt in. But, you know, one one thing that you will learn by putting together a book and watching watching how this is done is not only will you have a book, you'll actually learn how to develop a list and you'll learn how to develop an audience. And if you have enough people that like what you're about, that gives you true staying power. That that gives you real real equity. And and a lot of people have books, but they have no list. They have no relationships. And you know, there's there's a lot more to it. So hopefully, we we shared with everyone today some uh, you know some solutions and some different ways to to think about it. So any final last words from either one of you guys before we wrap? Yeah, I like. I didn't even know a squeeze page is one of those things. I, you don't even think someone invents. It's just been there since the internet has existed. I had no idea you invented that theme. That's amazing. <laughs> well, yep. There you go. See? That's what he's famous for. And uh, 
Yeah. So, I mean, it, Dean, look, look, I mean, we, we could do this for two weeks because at this point I've already violated the one hour thing. And usually I'm the one that's trying to like tighten things up, but I just kind of went on a tangent. How, how are you sitting around one day and you thought that through? I mean, I know we've told this story before on past podcasts, yeah. but give, give Tucker the short version because people that are new to I Love Marketing may not know this and it's good to, I mean, we talked about this five years ago, but. Yeah. Well, part of the thing was, you know, realizing that, um, I've always been a fan of what's going to get the best result, right? And I started experimenting with, you know, you could you could put a form on your page and get people to leave emails. And what people were doing was they'd have their normal website, and then they'd put this box that said on, you know, in the sidebar of their site that says, hey, join my newsletter or whatever it is, and leave your name and email address. And then what I started experimenting with was because I realized then the less that I put on my actual site, the less options there were, the higher the opt-in rate was. And then I just thought, well, you know, it's like I started doing it like the uh, cover of Cosmo magazine, how that's the the thing that you just put compelling stuff. And actually it was um, the um, uh, real estate website was the first one that I did it for. And instead of saying, click here, click here, I would say more inside, free inside, all these things, which was you're looking at the table of contents, which is all this compelling stuff. And then as, when, as soon as I took out the other links, like where you couldn't click on anything, the only thing you could do was decide, oh, I want that and leave your name and email and opt-ins skyrocketed, you know? So that was the that was the genesis of making it the only option, which, and I didn't name it a squeeze page. Jonathan Mizell um, named it a uh, name squeeze page. Yep. So what do you think of that? That's pretty amazing. That's, that, that, that should be in the big book of internet history or something. I know. You know what? Maybe, maybe you should have Tucker do a book for you, Dean, on this. Yeah, I could have absolutely. Big, there we go. Big book. The whole no, I'm, I'm dead serious. And so, well, so I guess in a nutshell, I think your child is is, is yelling for you, Tucker. So, um, what I would it's, say it's is, fine. I think the, we'll I think straight out of Compton uh, movie. That's what we could do. Is the early years of the internet, we could do a straight out of Compton. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I guess what the, to summarize this is that Dean's process is an appetizer and yours is the main course. Is that what you guys are saying here? I think yeah, pretty a, much. We should have a contest. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, well, next episode, the, the next episode will be a celebrity death match between like, uh, the different people like, that have booked. I, like I like the Hyundai versus Bugatti because <laughs> I, I, that's not a put down to me. Hyundai sells millions of cars and they're amazing and people love them. Like and Bugatti doesn't sell as many as Hyundai, but it, it, it fits. They both fit specific niches. You yeah. know, what I would say it's really the choice has to come down to: Would you rather be rich or famous? That's really what it is. If you want to be rich, then just let's get started. Do a ninety-minute book. If you want to be famous, let's go talk to Tucker. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good distinction too. <laughs>